0: message he shall be called there's something powerful about names you know in the Bible uh, Jacob's name was trickster or deceiver or heel catcher you know all those names and it's funny how different names have different meanings and in the Bible a lot of times you were kind of snared by, by your name because whatever your name was that's what you became and then sometimes Jesus changed their name you know uh, just like Jacob, he ended up calls, calling him Israel. So, so sometimes he had to change the name. I know Jonathan, my son's name, is called God has given or Yahweh has given, and so that was truly a given gift from God. Uh, Douglas, I used to have a little little paper little thing that said that said uh, Douglas uh, seeker of light. I think it was a light seeker. And so I thought it was cool until I started looking it up and I'm trying to look up right now and see what it meant. And, and all I could find now was dark stream. So I was like, well, so maybe it has the blood of Jesus flowing in and it's dark. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Sydney just said, for Sydney, it said uh, big city in Australia. So, but, so, but her middle name, Elizabeth, means my God is an oath. and I like that. My God is an oath. You know, and Regina, her name in Latin means queen. So that's my queen. Yeah. And so, Rocky in Hebrew means Italian stallion. Okay, maybe not. But then some people, some people like to name their kids different things. And Kanye West named his child North. So his name's Northwest. I don't understand that, but hey, that's kind of cool. What's your name, Northwest? Well, where's Southeast at, you know? So, but names, you know, Jesus, they, it's named, the name is, is Emmanuel, means God with us. There's something powerful about a name. I don't know about you, but whenever I get down and I don't know how to pray, I get down when I'm crying and I don't know what to say, I can just say Jesus, and there's something about that name. I, that's what I mean, there there's not a better song ever written than that song, there's something about that name you know, is an old school song, there's something about that name because there just is, it's just when you say Jesus, there's just special power in it there's, it's just peace and comfort and tranquility in that name, Jesus, everybody just say Jesus and, and then it says His name is the name above every name, now that really that should just stoke your fire That should really get you excited right there. The name above every name. Why should that make you excited? Because His name, Jesus, is above every sickness, above every disease. It's a name above cancer. It's a name above anxiety. It's a name above fear. It's a name above everything, every trial, every tribulation. They're all names. And the Bible says that His name is above those names. So His name trumps whatever you're going through. So His name is greater than what you're facing today. It's the highest place given, and in Isaiah 9 and 6, it says, For unto us a child was born, a son was given to us. The government shall rest upon His shoulders, and He shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, if you listen, if you watch or or have ever sung Handel's Messiah, there's a comma between Wonderful and Counselor but but he is wonderful but it's wonderful Counselor. counselors all one name wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace father i thank you for the first service what a wonderful powerful anointed time we had. Your presence was so strong, God, and I feel that unction right now on my spirit and my soul, and I thank you that today you're going to touch lives because we're going to know the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace today. We're going to leave here better than we came. Thank you, Father Lord. Add, add more unction to your servant. Let me be your mouthpiece and speak what you have me to say today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Isaiah wrote this 700 to 800 Years before Jesus was born. Anytime I've ever had a birth invitation, someone says, Hey, you know, we're gonna have a twins, we're gonna have a child. The, you, you, you have that about nine months before the the birth invitation or the birth announcement is about nine months before the child comes. This is seven to eight hundred years before the time of birth of Christ. See, it was a very dark time. God promised the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashik in Hebrew, which means Jesus Messiah. Because there was a shadow of death everywhere. It was a bad, bad time. A bad time. And so this was to promise hey, there's hope, someone's coming. You know, and they didn't know when. They didn't know it was going to be 700 years, but it gave them hope. And in that time, in that era, in Isaiah's time, they needed hope. You ever been in a time, it says says in that scripture, the "The government shall shall be upon his shoulders. And I, I just pray that scripture today and tomorrow and for the rest of my life, that our government will be upon his shoulders, that he will put the government on his shoulders and handle it. Has there ever been a time that you have had a lot of weight on your shoulders? a burden, a care, that you're I was, You know, I, I told a story not too long ago here about how whenever we went into Jordan, it's a third world country, and we couldn't go from Israel and just drive the Israel bus with our Muslim driver and our, our, our Christian, uh, our Israeli guide. We had to park the bus, get all our luggage off, and take all of our luggage one mile into Jordan. Hopefully we won't go back to Jordan next time. But we had to take it a whole mile, and there was lots of luggage, you know, and so when we're pulling all this luggage through, through a, about a mile worth of, uh, of you know, checking and showing our, our, our passport and all that, and it was a lot, and I was like, man. You know, and then, and then uh, whenever we, we were got on our way home, Micah somehow had hurt his back, and he was just walking kind of like, like this right here. He was just kind of walking like that, and he had his big, huge duffel bag. And I said, Micah, man, let me take that duffel bag for you. And he's like, thank you, man. Thank you so much, because it, it took weight off of him. It took weight off of him. He didn't have to tote that because his back was hurting, and when he had this big heavy weight here, it pulled on the rest of his muscles and his back and made the pain worse. And so I offered to take that from him, and when I did, he was so appreciative. There are some people that I said, hey, can I, can I help you with that? And they're like, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. So many times we don't want the weight to be off of our shoulders. We feel like we got the might and the strength to do it ourselves. And we feel like we can handle it. We don't need it to be on God's shoulders. We want it, we're okay with it being on our shoulders. And God says, let me take it from you. Let me take that weight from you. Cast your cares upon me for I care for you. But it becomes painfully obvious to me that in our society, there's so much chaos in our world and confusion in our world. Everywhere we turn, there's chaos and confusion and in and, and the time of Jesus, it was no different. The entire world was hungry for hope. There was no ordinary mo- um, mortal that could bear the burden that could solve it. There was nobody. You know, they, 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 Jesus, that God did not send President Trump. He did not send um, Barack Obama. He did not send Jimmy Carter or Abraham Lincoln or George Washington. He didn't send because no man can or ever will fix everything. And we can change parties. We, in, in four years or eight years, eventually, we'll have another, another president, and that's not going to fix everything. Because there's chaos is, is in this world because Satan is a prince in the power of the air. Things will get better. Things will get worse. Things will get better, and things will get worse because no man can fix it. But what could fix it at that time was when Jesus sent his son. It's not a fix of, of the government, but it's a fix of our personal lives that, that, that lasts for eternity, and that, that God did not send a person. He sent his son, baby Jesus. And in that scripture, it says that his child, this child to be born, seven to 800 years later, will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I want to talk about those four things, and I'll be done. There's four characteristics. The first one is Wonderful Counselor. And, and it, the, the word wonderful is Pele, P-E-L-E. E, and a thingamadiggy, whatever, whatever that is, for you English scholars, y'all know. But but Hebrew for that pele is. Test. Testing. Testing. All right. Thank you, Facebook, for staying with us. God bless you. But we wanted to, you. You're part of our church family, and we love you. You're part of Kingdom Life, so we want you to listen as well. So we want to take time to do that. So thank you for being patient, and thank you for in this in this house being patient. But Pele, P-E-L-E, diggy. and it says beyond understanding, miracle. It says a wonder, too wonderful for words, and it says marvel. So he, Jesus was the first Marvel comic hero. Of course, he wasn't a comic. But he was the first hero, okay? Because he was. He was the first hero that died for our sins. What does a hero do? Come and, and sacrifice his life, right? Okay, and he, di- he he's died, but obviously on the third day, he rose from the grave and came back and defeated hell, death, hell, and the grave. But it says that it literally means incomprehensible, the, the full of wonder, so he's a wonderful counselor. He's too comprehen- his counseling is too comprehensive, too, too deep, too amazing, too wonderful for words of what type of counselor he is. Matter of fact, in Judges 13 and 18, when Manoah, M E N O A H, was Samson's daddy, Him, his, his, mo- his mom and his dad, his mom was barren. And this angel of the Lord came to her and said, Hey, um, I want you to know that you're going to have a son. And she's like, what? what? She ran home to, to, to Samson and told him. And then uh, he, came, he, he left, and she, she, told, she told Manoah, and Manoah was like, what? Anyway, he showed up again and told, and so Samson talked to him and said, listen, tell me what your name is so we can give you street credit for whenever that happens. I can let you know what happened and tell everybody it was you. And, and the angel of the Lord, the Lord said, why do you ask my name, seeing it's too wonderful for you to understand? It's beyond your understanding. He's like, what do you want to know? You, you can't handle my name. You know, it's kind of like The Rock, you know, when he says, uh, and whenever he, The Wrestler Rock, you know, he says, what's your name? He says, it doesn't matter what my name is, or your name is, but anyway. Okay, poor joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but so he says, you're so wonderful. It's so wonderful. You know, I, I, do, I do a little bit of counseling, but it's not, I'm not a licensed counselor. So when people come to me, I let them know I'm not a counselor. I will listen to you, and I will give you um counseling based on what the Bible says and what the Spirit of God tells me while we're talking and very often I feel the Spirit of God speaking to me when I'm counseling with somebody and he gives me words of life to speak and words of revelation but one of the frustrating things I haven't really had it here but I had it all the time the 18 years I was a youth pastor I would counsel a kid and tell him here's the answer I know what the answer is and they would walk away and not do it and I knew it would happen especially with relationships because for 18 years, I, was, I became a professional at relationship counseling. You know, because, because when I was at White Oak for five years there, I had over 200 teenagers in my youth group. And so I had every week and every day, and on, on Wednesday nights, I have, I have, I, I, more than I preached, I did counseling for teenagers for their relationships. And so I felt like I was pretty good at that. So when I told them the answer, and I said, you know what, I've seen this before, I know what a situation is, I'm 100% positive, here's how you handle it. And they walk away and not, and, and not do it. That was frustrating to me. But especially when I knew that it was the answer. And it's frustrating to God, I'm sure, when he tells us how to handle things in life. And we're like, no, God, I got it. You know what? Thank you for that. The reason we do that is because we feel like we know better. Or we go to God or go to a counselor and they tell us to do something and we were hoping that they would see it our way. And since it wasn't the way that we thought it was, then we don't want to hear it. Because we were going for you to actually affirm how I felt. When we go to God, we're like, God, help me with this situation with my spouse or my my, my friend or or my life or at work. And and God tells us, no, you're wrong. We don't want to hear that. But it says that God's counsel is so wonderful. It's too wonderful to understand. And if we would realize that He He is a counselor, He guides, directs, and leads. He 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 listens. He listens better than anybody. He will let you have your pity party, and he won't say a word. And then he's going. Well, when he when you when you get finished, he'll say, "Are you done?" You know, are you done, are you finished crying and, and pity party on you? So now, if you'll listen to me, I'll tell you what to do, and he'll, he will tell you tell us, tell us what to do. He'll give us direction and guidance. It's so wonderful if we just listen to his voice. And, well, Pastor, like I, I, I told you last week, I feel like that's something that in, in, this, in this era of moment, in this last week and this week, I guess, I want you to know that, that you do hear God's voice. Right. That's what I feel like that's, that's a lie the enemy is telling a lot of you in this church, and maybe on, online, that, that, that you feel like you can't hear God's voice, but when you that unction that you hear that you are hearing God's voice, but you don't feel like you do because you don't feel like you're spiritual enough to hear it. But it's not about being spiritual. It's about being a child of God, and if you're a child of God, then you can hear your Father's voice. So quit doubting that you're hearing God and say, God, I am hearing your voice. And if you go and do something thinking you heard God's voice, He's never going to get mad for you if it's a good thing and it wasn't his voice. He'll say, you're close, you're acting on it now, you keep acting on it, and it's going to get clearer and clearer, and you'll be very clear about who I am in your voice. Sometimes he'll show it to you through the Word, sometimes it'll be a gut, sometimes it'll be a a spiritual counselor that you hear it from, but either way, you can hear God's voice. And I just, just, in my spirit, I feel it's a lie that some of you in this house feel like you, you don't hear from God, and you do. Start acting on it, and you'll see that it was God's voice. Not in the silly things, but in, 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 in the good things of God. A counselor leads, guides, and teaches you. He understands you. Sometimes, we, we, you ever been to a counselor or been to a friend, and, and uh, they said, hey, I understand. You know, whenever I, when someone comes to me about divorce issues, I can say, I understand, because I've been in a divorce. You know, but 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 you ever been to somebody and and they say I understand and you're like you ain't got a clue. <laughs> Anybody besides me, you talk to somebody, I, I can't you know, I'm like no, no you don't know, you don't understand. You ain't never been through this, you ain't never felt what I feel? Shut up. <laughs> you know that's what you want to say to them. I, I I don't mind telling you, but don't tell me you understand cuz you don't. You ain't been in my shoes, you ain't walked my path. You know? But the, good, the but the good thing about the wonderful counselor is, you can't tell him to shut up because he's like, no, you don't understand. I do understand. I've been through every temptation and trial you've been through. I have felt the pain. I've taken sin on. I felt the, 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 I've had all of sin, but you had not been addicted. But you know what? But he took all sin on his back. So he may not have been addicted himself, but he has felt the pain and the hurt of addiction. He's felt all of that on his back when he died on that cross. So he can say, I understand. And he can help you with that. And in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him, and he will show you the path to take. He is a wonderful counselor. And every time he counsels you, he is correct. He's never going to lead or guide you astray as long as you do what he says as long as you are following his advice, long as you are seeking his guidance, and long as you really want help and not just want somebody to agree with you. So number one, he's a wonderful counselor, too, too great to even understand how wonderful it is. And number two, say, number one, say, wonderful counselor. Wonderful. That was pitiful. Okay, we'll try on a man of God in a few minutes. Number two, mighty God. We know that God is omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. We know that Satan is not omniscient, all-knowing. He don't know nothing unless you speak it. Whenever I was in Israel, I had a gentleman talk to me and said, I got a question for you. He was from another church, and he said, I got a question. He says, if Satan does not know nothing until we speak it, then why don't we just keep it quiet? I was like, that makes sense, but that's not the answer. I know it's not, but that makes sense. So we were at a stop. I said, hey, we're at a stop. I'll get back to you. I'll let you know because I wanted to pray about it. And I was like, God, give me some, I don't have my Bible with me right now. We're, we're getting ready to walk off. Give me something I can give this man that makes sense, that, that I can speak life into this man so he can understand. And so I went to him. I said, well, the first scripture that comes to my mind is confess your faults. My mind, confess your faults to one another. So. You confess your faults to one another. So that's the scripture the Bible says, but that, that's not good enough. I want to give you something else. And what God gave me for you, the, the, what the Spirit talked to me and said, the Spirit said that, yes, he don't know what till you say it. <clears throat> but if you're too scared to say it, first off, you're acting in fear. Because you're saying, if I speak it, the devil can hear it, and it's going to get worse. And then the devil is going to be able to keep doing that, and God can't handle it. So I'm, I'm fearful... By not saying it, that I'll, I'll be able to, God can handle it better this way. So I'm actually acting in fear. But, 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 I, but I say that God says, speak it out and, and, and know that I am God. And I have the name above all names. So it don't matter if I speak it out. Because devil, you can't, you might try to tweak it a little bit more and make it a little bit worse. But I serve the name above all names, the mighty God. And his might is greater than my might his might is greater than satan's might because satan is a defeated foe so therefore i can speak it out in confidence and say this is my issue and god's going to handle it if i don't speak it out i'm, I'm acting in fear because i'm scared the devil's going to win so he's not omniscient also the devil is not omnipresent but god is omnipresent the mighty god is he's in other words omnipresent means he's all present he's everywhere God can be everywhere at the same time. He is everywhere on the universe right now at the same time. Why? Because he's God. I don't understand that. That's why God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So therefore, don't try to figure me out because you can't. Because if you could figure me out, you would be God. That's why you're not. Okay? So that should really encourage us. But it probably discourages you. Well, why? Well, because if Satan is not everywhere, then that means He's only at one place, but he has demons throughout the earth are fighting. So it should encourage us that we're only fighting demons, not Satan, and we can kick his butt too. So if we can definitely kick his butt, then we can certainly fight and defeat his imps. But it probably d- discourages you a little bit because you're having all this trouble by just little demons. So you got to decide and say, "You know, wait a second, wait. I'm only fighting demons anyway. I can beat their butts any day of the week. And then the third thing is, is he is omnipotent. Omnipotent, all-powerful, and Satan is not all-powerful, but God is all-powerful. Mighty God, all-powerful God. He's omnipotent. His power is at work in our life. Jesus' power is work in you. Philippians 2 and 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He will give you the might to do what pleases him. God hasn't left us alone in this struggle. His power is at work in our lives. Matter of fact, in Zechariah 4, 6, in the New King James Version, it says, And he answered to said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by my might nor by my power, but by my spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not by our might and by our power. It has to be by the might and power of the Spirit of God. You cannot do nothing in your own might and your own power. It is so limited. But with the might and power of the Lord, you can do all things through Christ. Jesus' power is at work in you, and it is at work for you. Even the strongest people want to quit. But God's might never tires and never diminishes. I say something often that people, some people disagree with, but I feel, I feel like God has showed me this. That, that people get burnt out on doing things because they're doing things outside of what God's called them to do. Because look, Moses, Abraham, they never tired tired out. Noah built an ark for 100 years. He didn't tire out because he was doing what God called him to do. And God's might is mighty, and He will always, he will never tire and never diminish. So when you're doing something for God, you will always be on point, and you will never, never get tired. But when you start doing things outside of that to look better, to do things that you're not called to do, dabbling in things you shouldn't dabble in that that, that may be good, that may be ministry, but not what God wants you to do, then you get tired and you burn out because you're doing things God has not asked you to do. Isaiah 40 and 29 and 31 says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Power to the weak and strength to the powerless. When we are weak, He is what? Strong. And that means we have to say, and it's not talking about weak as in we're like a wimp. It means we are weak and powerless, meaning I submit all power to you. I know that I can't do anything in my own strength. Even the youths will become tired and weak. And the young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust or wait in the Lord will find new strength, or King James says he will renew their strength. They will soar high on as wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary, and they will walk and not faint. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. It does not say nothing about ducks. There's, no, there's nothing about ducks in there, right? You know, but how often do we say, be like a duck and let it roll off your back, okay? Well, because the duck's feathers, you know, are waterproof and it falls off. But they still have to deal with the rain. They still have to deal with the situation because it hits them and it rolls off. But this says we can fly high like wings of an eagle and fly above all that crap and don't worry about it and let it all be down there and going on, but we ain't worried about it because it's below, it's beneath us. We can fly above it and not have to deal with it at all. Amen? When you, when you feel like, when you feel like the, the world is crushing you, and, and, and bringing you down, you can get strength from mighty God. Jesus' power is working in you, for you, and through you. There's a ten-finger prayer that we learned when we were in, 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 in kids' church. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And we got to pray that prayer. God is mighty, and we can do all things through him who strengtheneth us. And then the third one. It says he is the well first off the the wonderful counselor and then what's the second one the mighty God God. amen that was better and then the third one is the everlasting father everlasting this this word everlasting father really woke up to me when I started studying this he's constant he's compassionate He's an everlasting father, and that fatherhood is relationship. So his relationship with you is everlasting. He's your everlasting father. He's not going to leave you. He's not a deadbeat dad. He's not going to be in your life a while and then leave you. He's going to always be there. His, His relationship is constant. His relationship, another more literal translation, is father of eternity. He's always present. From beginning to the end, he's present. He's going to be there with you in your fatherhood. He's going to be that comfort. He's going to be that guide. He's going to be that person there that that, that loves you and cares for you and nurtures you. And and he will outlast all others. You know, some of you older generation, and maybe some young people might have seen a commercial. Um, I know Sammy knows it because he drinks a lot of coffee. Maxwell House, the commercial said, good to the last drop. Remember that, Sammy? Good to the last drop. He was talking about even it's good. You know, some, you know, some coffee you get down to the, to the bottom and it's bitter and it's just uh, yucky. Well, it's, this Maxwell House said it was good to the last drop was their slogan. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is good every drop. Because it doesn't, he don't just have a last drop. He's got an eternal drop. And so he, he keeps dripping. He's good every drip. Amen. He's good every drip. He will outlast others. I think that we miss out on the incredible, incredible relationship with God because we focus on other things rather than letting Him be the everlasting Father. We're consumed by having more stuff from God rather than knowing more stuff about God. I think we need to start wanting to know more stuff about God rather than having more stuff from God. He will, give, he will give you more everlasting joy, more everlasting peace, more everlasting comfort, more everlasting love than anything that you can get from anywhere else. More everlasting peace. And the very last one of the characteristics is that he is the prince of peace. Peace. If he's a prince of peace, if you're a prince, to be a prince has to be a what? A king. So God the Father is the king of peace. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on. And he's a prince. I mean, he's a God of peace. So Jesus is a prince of peace. The, the prince of shalom. The prince of peace. Everywhere I look, I see confusion. We're, we're a world at war. There's war in our homes. There's war in our relationships. There's war in the world. There's a war on terror. There's war in the political parties. There's a war in ethical issues. There's a spiritual war going on. We are at war, and we need the peace of God to be in our lives, to calm us from the storm. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14a, but now you have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God, but you have now been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought us to peace. Peace, peacefulness does not mean easy. It means in hard times you can have peace. I believe that when Christ comes in our life, we unite with him. Okay, So Christ is in our spirit and he's in our heart. So that means it says we unite with him and he has, brings peace. So he has peace with us. I think whenever we lose our peace, it's because we allow the things of this world to separate a, in our spirit us from Christ. And therefore, we're, we're separated from the peace of God because we have allowed the things of this world to get on us and this baggage to come and it separates the peace of God. And Because if you have the peace of God in your heart, and you have God and Jesus in your heart, then you have peace. So if we're not at peace all of a sudden, then we've allowed the burdens and the cares of this world to separate that peace out, and we've replaced it with worry. All we got to do is reunite with God and and Jesus in our heart and allow the Jehovah Shalom, the author of peace, to rule. If you could come. Wonderful Counselor indicates that Jesus will be a supernatural, extraordinary wisdom for us, which should be such amazing news for those of us who need wisdom and guidance and counsel about things that's going on in your life right now. Some of you are seeking direction right now in your life, and you need wisdom from a wonderful counselor, a counselor that is beyond our imagination, that always gives right advice, that is always there to listen, who is always there to help, who is always there to counsel you in every situation. And then, some of you today need the mighty God. You need strength. The mighty God indicates that Jesus is divinely strong and powerful, which is really good for those who are weak. And I believe that I'm going to be praying for people for for all these things, but I believe there's a, a lot of you that just need the mighty God. You need strength because you're weak. And you need mighty God in your life today. Some of you need everlasting father. You may not have a father. This indicates that Jesus will care for his people forever as a father cares for his children. So this is really important for those of you that feel unappreciated and alone. You have God the father the everlasting Father. That this relationship will last with you forever. He will be with you through thick or thin. And He will be everlasting in your life. And He will be your good, good Father. And He will be there for you in those alone times. He will be there for you in those alone times. The everlasting Father will be there in the long times to give you strength as Almighty God so you can hear the counsel of, of the wonderful counselor so the prince of peace can give you peace the prince of peace indicates that jesus will bring deep well-being and right relationships which is good news for those who last who lack peace in this world of turmoil the spirit of god is here today i feel his presence and his anointing and his power i feel The wonderful counselor wanting to give you counsel today for those of you that need counsel and guidance. The mighty God is here today to give you strength for those of you that just, you're just getting weak in your spirit and you're getting weak in the struggle. You're getting weak in the battle. You're you're like, God, the battle's heavy. I got to cast these cares on you and I need your strength to come into me and rise me back up and you take this burden you take this care and then replace it with strength the counselor's here today the mighty God is here today the everlasting Father is here for those of you that need that attaboy for those of you that need hey you're doing a good job keep it up son keep it up daughter I love you I care for you I'm here for you I got your back He's here today. And the Prince of Peace, the Prince of the King is here today to bring you the Shalom of God, the peace of God that passes all understanding. For those of you that are in a storm and you're just in a turmoil, I never looked at the scripture the, this way before. and and after I looked at it I'm like god in most situations just not at christmas but throughout the year I need that counsel from a from a god but before I need the counsel I need the mighty god to give me strength so I can hear the counsel and I need the I need the the the, uh, the wonderful counsel but I need the strength but I need my everlasting father to tell me that I'm it's okay that it's going to be all right and he's going to give me the strength so I can talk to the counsel the father so i can have the prince of peace come we need this scripture more than just at christmas it's been hiding too long we need to pull it out throughout the year and realize it's just not a christmas scripture he's just not a counselor at christmas he's just not your daddy at christmas he's just not not of peace at christmas he's just not a mighty god at christmas every day of the year Would you bow your hand, close your eyes, please.